The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Your bracket may bust, but your bankroll never has to with BetQL. Use promo code MARCH30 for 30% off the entire year of BetQL. That's BetQL promo code MARCH30. We're also brought to you by OddsCrowd. OddsCrowd has a ton of free fantasy betting contests, including a $2,000 season-long MLB contest and a $500 weekly contest. Download their app today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for free daily video picks from the SGPN crew. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. Make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by PicksWise. Follow the PicksWise Capper Contest at PicksWise.com for free picks and analysis throughout the tournament from the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadu, and more. See which expert is trending hot as they battle it out for a winner-takes-all $10,000 prize over at PicksWise.com. And finally, we're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge operates like a stock exchange for the sports world. Pick teams you like and have someone else by the other side of that bet. Sign up at BetterEdge.com, promo code SGP, for a free $10 play. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com, promo code SGP. And we're back again into your dirty, filthy ear holes. It's the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 25. Uh, quarter of a century, I guess you could say. Uh, I don't have any other witty things for 25. Usually I try to come up with something stupid, but nothing stupid today. Sorry about that, guys. It's um, I'm once again, I'm Jeff Fox. Uh, I was Jeff Fox last episode. Um, actually, I was Jeff Fox for the previous 24 episodes. So I'm tr- that's one consistent thing you can you can depend on here. Um, I will always be Jeff Fox, and I will always be the host unless I get. Uh, unless my uh, co-host has some kind of hostile takeover, which uh, maybe we can discuss later. Um, I also write and edit for sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and I run the MMA site, mma-manifesto.com. Um, strange week this week uh, because UFC, UFC, which never rests, uh, just like Rust, it never rests, never sleeps. It is actually taking a break this week. Um, so... It's going to be a real quick show. I'm going to uh, introduce my co-host. I'm going to do the ad reads, and then we're going to say goodnight, and that, that'll be it. Um, so it's uh, it should be a pretty easy show. Um, the co-host uh, that just chuckled, he can never stay quiet because he's so funny. He has to, he has to laugh, uh, even though this is my time to shine. Um, his name would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland, um, the aforementioned uh, purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, who I think the one – um, bad thing about the pandemic is it stopped him from. Uh, if it wasn't for the pandemic, he would have been a black belt by now. Is is what I'm saying. He. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know black belt. Maybe, maybe brown belt. I, I'm gonna jump in on that one. I, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to say I would have <laughs> nope. been a black belt in a year. <laughs> you told me. You told me off air that you would be a black belt. Uh, <laughs> Uh, triple uh, two, second or third degree, I think you said you would be, um, because well, you're why, so amazing. Why, why not just skip right to coral? Like I, I should get the okay. coral thing. Yeah. 
because I don't really remember what that is. So that's why. Um, <laughs> anyhow, he, he also uh, he also cheats on all of us uh, by hosting two other podcasts. Actually, we're his. I guess this we're really his uh, his side piece because um, he had these podcasts before us. So, but I. I think deep down secretly I can tell that he loves us the most. Um, he also hosts top turtle MMA podcast and prelim picker podcast. Uh, but like I said, um, he, he'll never admit it. Uh, he'll never choose between his children. I'm sure. But I guarantee you, he, he loves us the best because this is where all the dead gens hang out. And like I said, that, that would be Daniel gummy Vreeland. Hi Dan. After that very long introduction. Uh, I, I mean, I think I deserve a long introduction. No, I'm on a heater right now. So, you know, oh, might yes. as well, might as well get everything. And, and it's not like I lost it this week, right? Like it, it just continues in perpetuity until I mess it exactly. up. Yes. Yeah, so we're both on heaters, but Dan, uh, is especially on one. Um, and he, he'll uh, be quick to remind you, he hit a two plus two seventy five dog a couple weeks ago. So <laughs> Mon- <laughs> that, Montserrat be, Ruiz, you know, you can name her. Too. Yes. <laughs> it, 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 uh, the epitaph, the um, it will be on his tombstone when he dies. I hit a plus two seventy five dog uh, in two thousand twenty one. So um, another reason to give Dan a long introduction is, you know, we need content this week. No UFC, so um, we're just gonna basically, um, you know, chit chat about how great Dan is and how uh, he's he's got a purple belt and he's really flexible. He's got a good go go plata and good rubber guard, right? Yeah, that, those are my go-tos. I actually have more go-go <laughs> plotas, legit, r- real statement, more go-go plotas than any other submission in, in competition. <laughs> there you go. What other podcast host can say that? I, I doubt there's any podcast host to say that. Does Ariel Hawani have more go-go plotas than <laughs> any other submission? I don't think Ariel Hawani has any submissions. <laughs> no, there you go. There you go. So, um, no UFC this week. Um, there is Bellator, who is apparently is another mixed martial arts promotion um they have been on tv up here in canada in years so I, I, you could fool me into uh, uh thinking whether or not they're they're an actual real live promotion or not um and with them heading to showtime this saturday they still have not announced whether they're going to be on air up here in the great white north they keep putting us off saying no no we'll have an announcement soon well it's what uh wednesday almost thursday and no announcement yet um I heard this event is going to be live to air, uh, like on YouTube and a bunch of other platforms on uh, on Saturday. It won't just be on Showtime, so maybe we'll be able to get it up here. Um, regardless, I'm not sure if uh, that's just a U.S. thing or not. Um, so it would be from the Mohegan Sun. Uh, I used to send a young cub reporter of mine at MMA Manifesto. <laughs> I used to, used to send him to Bellator events at the Mohegan Sun Arena way back when. You remember those days? I do remember those days. I am definitely not going anywhere near a live event right now, despite the fact people in media are allowed to attend. I think I'm I'm good from my couch right now. Exactly. Um, and this, because Dan lives in the States, he can actually watch this event. Um, he isn't worried about that. So it would be Pitbull versus Sanchez too. It would be the, the main event would be... Uh, uh, Patricio Pitbull uh, Friere, we'll just call him Pitbull uh, against Emmanuel Sanchez. So uh, Mr. Pitbull, probably, maybe not even arguably, the best fighter outside of the UFC, you think, at this point? I think probably yes. And, and Bellator recently came out with their rankings, and he was ranked right. the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in Bellator, which makes sense. He's a He's a two-division champ. I don't know if I would necessarily put him over like, oh man, I'm I'm trying to think of other ones too. Like, I mean, like I'm not even sure I'd put him over Anthony Pettis now, who's now outside of the UFC. 
Uh, Koji Horiguchi is outside of the UFC. I mean, I'm assuming we're not even considering Mighty Mouse, right? Because Mighty Mouse is, like, maybe one of the greatest fighters of all time, and he's not in the UFC anymore. So, like, he's probably number one, but I don't even, like, consider him because he should still be fighting for the UFC (laughs) or another uh, larger promotion that doesn't fake their YouTube numbers. Um, And Roy McDonald? Yeah, maybe Rory McDonald. Rory. Yeah, yeah Rory's. But like, he, I would say, there, yeah. I would say any of these people who you're mentioning, with the exception of Mighty Mouse, any of these people you're mentioning is the one A to you know Pitbull being one B. You know, like th- those two are, you know, any of these two that you pick, you could make a solid argument for. And of course, Pitbull has a win, which you know, for those of you who don't follow Bellator or you know you're not big Bellator fans. Pipple does have a knockout win over Michael Chandler, who is who's fighting for the UFC belt. Uh, we find out in in a couple months, I believe it is, or or in May. Um, so like you know, he is a very top level guy. Um, you know, I, I'd obviously like to see him fight the Michael Chandlers and the you know uh, Oliveras of the world and all of those right. types of things, but. You know, you're just not going to see that. He, he's getting paid well in Bellator, and, you know, UFC is going to treat him like dirt if he comes on in. So uh, we're going to see him fight people like Emmanuel Sanchez, who, you know, isn't bad, right. but uh, certainly doesn't prove to us that Pitbull's the best in the world anytime soon. Yeah, uh, UFC very much has the Vince McMahon approach to, like, uh, they'll sign talent uh, who made their name elsewhere, but they'll go out of the way to bury them and, and then try to build them back up as a quote unquote UFC made fighter. So that's, um, you're probably right. He, he would probably get treated poorly if, if he, uh, if he signed with, with uh, the big shots here, even though Michael Chandler is stepping into a title shot. So maybe things have changed that way. Um, yeah. If you haven't watched um, this pit bull brother, there's two of them. Uh, his older brother, Patricky is a light, lightweight. Um, if you haven't watched Patricio, he's definitely worth, Checking out, very exciting fighter, 31 and four. Uh, he is their featherweight and lightweight champion currently. Um, and yeah, in this featherweight, um, they're doing a featherweight tournament where the champion is in it also. And uh, this will be the semifinals. He will be fighting against, like Dan said, Emmanuel Sanchez. Come uh, for final rankings, uh, they have Patricio Pitbull number one, and then they have Emmanuel Sanchez number nine. For whatever the rankings are worth, who knows. Um, and that will be happening. That's basically the main event this weekend. Do you know the odds for this one, or you want to take a stab at, at the number uh, I did, for this? I this did time? take a peek at the odds uh, a little bit ahead of time. Patricio, yeah. Patricio Fieri, right around negative 250, right, was, was the number right. I was seeing. And, and I'll yeah. be honest with you, as, as far as that goes, I, I actually like that number. He's got to win already over Emmanuel Sanchez. So uh, while, you know, negative 250 is nothing that gets me up off the couch, especially for – you know, Bellator event, which, you know, I, I like Bellator. I like watching it occasionally, but I, it's not something I, I make sure that I catch every single one of. Negative uh, 250 is not something that I'm, I'm so enticed on that, that I, you know, have to watch and I have to lay down on it. But uh, it it's you're pretty safe on that number, even though it's a big number. Is there any fights that uh, any numbers you do like on this card coming up? Yeah, there's, there's some some names people may, may know, but I'm not sure if you like any of the numbers that are that are attached to them. Yeah, there's a couple of ones that I really like. So I'm a big fan of Neiman Gracie. Uh, I think he's probably one of the more underrated guys uh, in Bellator and, and outside the UFC. He's fighting Jason Jackson, um, who's a 
believe he used to fight out of Black Zillion back when that was still a gym. So whatever that's called now, Sanford MMA. Um, and, and, you know, that's going to be a good fight. I, I was really surprised when I looked up the odds that Neiman Gracie wound up being an underdog. So, uh, you know, you're, I'm seeing him right around, you know, like negative 105 to like a negative 120 for Jason Jackson. Um, which is an interesting number, you know, and, and depending on what book you're looking at, as high as plus 110. Um, so, right. yeah, I, I like Neiman Gracie in that one. I will also say just down the card, just to give a little shout out to my Northeastern folk, um, Trevor Good, uh, his name is spelled G-U-D-D-E. Uh, he's stepping in as a massive underdog for his second straight Bellator fight. Um, he's a very goofy looking dude. Um, if you've ever seen him fight before, I've watched him fight a bunch of times on cage Titans, uh, which is a promotion that used to air or might still air on flow combat. He is a welterweight and he is six, seven. Um, so it's one of the weirdest looking dudes you could possibly see in a division. And last time out, despite being like a plus 500 favorite last or a plus 500 underdog last time out, he knocked out, uh, hoist Gracie's son, uh, Ronnie Gracie. Um, so he yeah. he kind of stole the thunder of the Gracie that they were looking to build up, and they rewarded him by fighting an, another killer who's undefeated. But I actually think he's got kind of like sneaky knockout power, and if people try to take him down, he's got good knees. He actually has good jiu-jitsu, too. If you've looked at him in his regional circuit, you know, in the amateurs beforehand, he actually scored quite a few uh, submissions or had a nice submission uh, right there at the end at Cage Titans. So... Uh, I, I like him in this fight at plus 350. So, you know, if you're looking for, for a big jump in money, too, that there's that one in there, too. Yeah, first of all, that's an annoying way to spell good. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, he is uh, looking at looking at pictures of him. You can count every every rib. You can basically count every every bone on his body. Um, do you know what his nickname is, Dan? Yeah, it's Scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That, that basically explains what he looks like uh, for everyone who – it hasn't uh, hasn't Googled him yet. So um, so yeah, that that would be um, this April 2nd uh, Bellator. Then they've, they're running another one on the 9th, which will be the start of their light. Yeah, light heavyweight tournament. Uh, World Grand Prix, actually. It's not just a tournament, everybody. Uh, main event, that one's Ryan Bader versus Leoto Mashida. A couple of names you guys uh, will probably know from... Uh, from back in the day in the UFC, they also have Liz Carmouche on it, uh, Kat Zingano, uh, Julia Budd. So, so there's there's some big names there. Um, what are you thinking of Bader Mashida? I saw that line too, and I was a little shocked that Bader was coming in at like negative three hundred. Is is that what you're seeing him at? Like yeah, around there, yeah. Yeah, yep. and that seems really high, right? Because like not for anything, we saw Machida knock him out, and granted, that's a very different Loyola Machida, but also like. How, how has Bader been beating guys in Bellator, right? Like taking them down and grinding them out, right? Or taking them down and pounding them out. And like, I don't know. Machida has always had decent takedown defense and, and he's always, you know, he's going to be the better striker than Ryan Bader. That's just a fact, whether he's a touch slower than he used to be or not. Technically he's a better striker than Ryan Bader. I don't think I'm ready to pull the trigger on, on Machida, but if you're going to say there's value on one side of that line, it's not with Ryan Bader. I don't think. Yeah, probably not. I, I don't think I would put anything on Machida either at this point, so that might be a, a hard pass for um, for that event. And actually, before that, on April seventh, um, we speak about them a lot. Actually, one uh, no, normally we jo- jokingly speak about them, but one uh, championship, the Asian promotion, actually the largest promotion on in the universe, um, regardless <laughs> regardless of planet. 
Uh, they're having their first show on TNT, um, primetime in the States. And it's headlined by the aforementioned Demetrius Johnson. He's going after the fly, they call it flyweight, right? Even though they don't really cut weight there, it's really bantamweight in, in UFC terms. I think it's, they call it flyweight still, right? I have no idea what they do. <laughs> See? I tried to follow it one time, and they're like, we have an yeah. innovative rehydration strategy. And I was like, cool, what is it? And then, like, nothing. There's, there's no answer. It's like, oh, sweet. Uh, yeah, nice to hear. And they're like, we have a formula that we follow that doesn't let people cut as much weight. And we're like, cool, what is it? And they're like, you can't watch our weigh-ins. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yes, but yeah, it, it, it is a weight. But I, I think from what we hear, they, they don't have to cut weight. So they're all in the one, like, 35s or whatever range. So anyhow, uh, Demetrius Johnson will be challenging Adriano Moraes for the flyweight championship. Um, Johnson is the – he won their tournament to get the title shot. And he, so he's basically the challenger here. And he is, uh, despite that, he's around minus 700. So that shows you uh, everyone's thought on on the champion in, in that division. Yeah, and I, Adriano Moraes is is not bad either. But of course, no. like we're we're talking about him fighting maybe one of the greatest fighters of all time. Like like definitely yeah. in that conversation. Uh, and like look at how many guys he turned away in the UFC and turned away, you know, like relatively easy. You know, with the exception of. You know, the, the split loss to Henry Cejudo, if you right. throw that out the window, he dominated Henry Cejudo the time before that. He beat the hell out yep. of Joseph Benavidez seemingly like 42 times, right? It felt like, you know, he, he manhandled Ray Borg. He beat Koji Horiguchi. Like, I, I mean, like, he beat the best of the best out there. So, like, uh, you know, no disrespect to Adriano Moraes, but he's not the best of the best. So, yeah, I expect... Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson to just kind of run over him. And, and for me, that it's negative 700. There's probably still value yeah. on that side because he's going to win. But, like, I, I hate numbers like that. We, we've talked about this before. You're not getting a huge yeah. return on negative 700. And all of our listeners don't have the the bankroll that you have also, Dan. So they can't really <laughs> they can't really put enough on minus seven hundred to. Um, That's right. They don't have podcast money. money. They don't have podcast exactly. Money. <laughs> the, the thick is the uh, sick podcast money. Um, also on that card, um, Eddie Alvarez will be fighting. He's around minus two fifty against Yuri Lapicus. Um, he uh, Alvarez was upset in his one debut. Uh, they were planning on him being their probably being their lightweight champion uh, by this time and that didn't uh, didn't exactly happen he uh, he got starched his debut fight for them uh, he's he won um, in the uh, in their grand actually he got put back in their lightweight Grand Prix tournament despite losing the first round he, he got put back into it um, I think it's someone must have got injured and they subbed him back in and then he won that fight, but then he got hurt and now, and then he's out of the tournament. So anyhow, it's, it's not going so hot for Eddie Alvarez, but just thought I'd throw that out there that he is, um, he is in this tournament also. Um, another one, probably, another one worth hmm. talking about on one FC too, is for those who don't know it, uh, if you turn in for anything on TNT, sure. Tune in for mighty mouse, turn in for Eddie Alvarez, whatever. They're probably going to beat their opponents. Turn in to watch Omar Kane, who's also known as Rude Rogue. The dude is oh, a right, yeah. Yeah, Rogue Rogue is so fun to watch. I hope I'm saying his name wrong. Or right. No, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think I'm... it is. No, I think it's Rug Rug, actually, which is even better sounding. Yeah, I, okay. I, I'm not going to go with your lead. I'm going to go with Rogue Rogue. Uh, oh, my God. So, so uh, he, uh, you know, he from a gambling standpoint, negative 350, certainly not too tantalizing for a guy 
who I think has had two MMA fights of all all time. Uh, but God, just like the sheer size and power of the guy is just so fun to watch. Um, you know, he, he's really, really, really impressive in terms of athleticism and, and sheer size. So if you tune in for anything, I think he's actually kicking off the card on TNT. Watch the first fight, then do what you want after that. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't. I forgot all about that because the the uh, fight card I was looking at had his real name in, and I don't know him by the real name. So I, I only know him by Rug Rug or Rug Rug or whatever <laughs> that whatever that means, and however you say that. So, um, all right, enough enough of the minor leagues. We'll we'll move on. There's been plenty of UFC news despite them not um, not running an event this week. But before that, let me tell you about our good friends over at WinBet. Call Troops is back, and WinBet is live, bringing you the action of real sports betting and online casino play, all produced by Win Las Vegas. Get in on all your favorite teams, Cinderella stories, and tournament upsets. Don't miss out on the madness. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. Um, and they have lots of good odds. Probably um, last time I checked, they have my Phoenix Suns favored basically to win every game, which is uh, which is what I like to see. So make sure you head over to WinBet for all your betting needs. All right, so the UFC is supposed to be back. Well, they are going to be back on uh, April the 10th. Uh, card is supposed to be it's supposed to be UFC and ABC, so it's a big one for them. They're back on national TV in the states. Uh, it's supposed to be what a 3 p.m. I think uh, start on ABC. Um, fan favorite Darren Till versus Marvin Vittori, but Darren Till broke his collarbone uh, on March 30th. He uh, he withdrew from the fights earlier this week, and currently it's TBA against Marvin Vittori. Um, of course, Derek, uh, not Derek Brunson, uh, Kevin Holland, of course, has uh, raised his hand and said he's willing to step in because that's what he does anytime a fight falls through. Uh, do you think the fact this hasn't been announced yet maybe makes me think that they're looking for other options before they, they fall back on Kevin Holland or, or do you have any insight at all on this, Dan? So first of all, I've noticed that they, they posted lines for Kevin Holland fighting Marvin Vittori on multiple sports books. I don't know if it's just the the sports books trying to get ahead of it just in case it does happen. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, part of Kevin Holland's charm was that like, he talked a lot of crap. He had a great winning streak and he stepped up a little bit in competition and was just absolutely dominated in the grappling. And it was a really bad look too, because he was on his back the whole time and never stopped talking. You know, Dana White really wasn't a fan of it. You could see bad mouth Kevin Holland a whole bunch afterwards. I can't then see him turning around and giving Kevin Holland, whether it saves the event or not, a step up in competition from the guy who just dominated him, right? Like Derek Brunson is ranked lower, or at least at the time was ranked lower than Marvin Vittori and Marvin Vittori is arguably just as you know dominant in top game grappling like he's got good grappling as well so I can't imagine that they're just going to wheel Kevin Holland out to do the exact same thing he did the other time the problem also is though and I was looking at the the list of people in the middleweight division right now and there's really not anybody who can take this fight on short notice that's currently ranked like you know I looked Obviously, I decided he's not taking it. Robert Whitaker is already booked. Paulo Costa is, you know, can barely breathe. Um, you know, Jared Cannonier, I guess, could take it. But why would the number three guy in the world take it? You know, Brunson just fought. I, I suppose he could take it. Till dropped out. Hermanson's booked. Gastelum's booked. Hall is booked. Weidman's booked. Shabazian's booked. Akhmedov is booked. Tavares is booked. And Sean Strickland is his teammate. So, like... 
what unless you could get Jared Cannonier or Derek Brunson to agree, or Paulo Costas magically no longer has the effects of COVID, you either have to break up a fight or give it to Kevin Holland. And man, it's not really a good position to be in because I can't imagine Marvin Vittori really wants to beat up Kevin Holland because it's not going to do much for his stock. Right. Um, yeah, this this probably you you explained it very nicely. It's probably why we haven't uh, they haven't jumped right at sticking Kevin Holland in there like like they have in the past because um, his his uh, the bloom has come off his rose so to speak um, a bit. So so um, yeah, like you said, they're either gonna have to break up a fight or it's gonna be Kevin Holland or unless there's someone welterweight is gonna come up to middleweight or uh light heavyweight that could drop down to um to middleweight i'm not sure if, if that's the case we're talking like two weeks no or less less than two weeks notice, week and a half notice uh, at this point and looking at the fight card there's no other middleweights in the card worthy of a headline slot um and there's really no other fight on the card worthy of a headlining slot either um especially for abc card um so what do you think is going to shake out here? I, I'm thinking it's going to be Kevin Holland because he's uh, uh, Vittoria agreed to fight him and and he's a willing participant and he's headlined before. Um, and and the, at this point they're just in the business of putting cards out, putting cards out regardless of of uh, whether it's a uh, it's a, a premier matchup or not at the top. I think what they're going to do is they're going to do their due diligence everywhere they possibly can until Kevin Holland is their backup plan and they can announce that five days prior. Um, and and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm actually happy you mentioned that there's a good chance that they could try to pull, you know, a dominant welterweight up to tempt them in. Cause I think there are probably, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit later about Leon Edwards versus, uh, Nate Diaz. They, they probably could have pulled somebody like either of those two up before those two signed on the dotted line for their fight. Yeah. Um, but you know who's who's sitting at welterweight right now and kind of waiting for a fight and trying to find something high profile is is Wonder Boy. Um, and, right. and you know Wonder Boy is he the biggest welterweight in the world? No. Does he take a lot of short notice opportunities to do things like fight Marvin Vittori? No. Uh, but like he certainly would be fun and, and an interesting option. You know, I wouldn't expect Colby Covington to, to try to do this or, you know, Gilbert Burns or anything like that. Gilbert Burns used to be a lightweight, for Christ's sake. So, um, yeah, I, I don't see too many welterweights that, like, fit the bill other than him. I, I will say one of the things I do think the UFC might do here is is they might break up one of the matchups that's coming up later in the month. Um, yeah. You, you know, the, the one that sticks out to me right now is Chris Weidman is supposed to fight Uriah Hall. And I know that's rebooked and both men have wanted that fight, but it's booked for, you know, April 24th, which is just two weeks after, uh, you know, like maybe if you could do a catchweight 190, you might be able to tempt Weidman into taking that fight to, you know, vault him up the rankings. I don't think Uriah Hall would take that fight because I think he really wants the Weidman fight, but I bet you you could convince Weidman and certainly Weidman versus Vittori has a better ring to it than Kevin Holland coming off of getting ragdolled for 25 straight minutes uh, while jawing uh, versus Marvin Vittori. So those are my two options right now. And funny enough, they're, they're brother-in-laws. Uh, I'll take either of those two. Right. And um, also the fact that it is on ABC will also uh, could also lure, um, lure a bigger name to, to, to step up and take it um, rather than being on the undercard of a, of a pay-per-view or something, you can 
uh, a lot more people are going to see you on on national TV uh, dur- uh, during daytime on, on the weekend, um, headlining a card. So that also puts I I know I said the UFC doesn't seem to really care, especially during the pandemic, that they want to put number put uh, put the correct number of events out. They don't care as much about the quality. They don't care about the quantity, but they have to feel a bit of pressure. Also, this is only the second time they're on ABC. They want to make sure they continue to get the opportunity to be on ABC. So you, you think um, those two things working together, you think they probably will, will probably try to draw in a, a bigger name to, to headline. Cause Marvin Matori is not, he, he was the, the B side of this matchup to begin with. Darren Till was, was the bigger name of the two. Um, so they kind of needed a side uh, once again. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, and you know, not, I don't mean to badmouth the the lower down on the card too, but there's some really exciting fights on this card and ones that I think are right. meaningful too. But you're right, the name value just isn't there, right? Like right now, no. I think it's being co-main ended uh, by Arnold Allen versus Sadiq Yusuf, which I think is yep. such a fun fight. Um, but at the same token, I think that that fight it doesn't have the appeal on ABC, right? Like it doesn't have the casual no. name appeal, and, and I think. That that's something that like somebody like Wonder Boy or Chris Weidman would bring. Yep, yep. I think they're going to have to do something. So hopefully, when we um, hopefully by the time we do our our um, definitely by the time we do our our picks episode next uh, week from from a week from this one you listen to, hopefully we'll we'll have a main event to actually make picks on. Uh, maybe even by the time we record uh, for the uh, starting of the week podcast next week, hopefully the UFC will have will have something announced by by that time. Um, and if they do, then you can probably head over to BetQL, another one of our sponsors, that you can get a uh, get a bet in on it. Now that is what I call a slick segue into an ad. Um, looking to get an edge and make smarter bets during March Madness? BetQL's algorithms scan thousands of data points across every game to find the best bets. Easily find the most profitable bets based on their top betting trends. Your brackets may bust, but your bankroll doesn't have to. Head to betql.com to get started today. Uh, you can get it from the App Store or Google Play Store, and make sure you download BetQL. Bet smarter, not harder, and use the code March30 for 30% off BetQL for a year. That's BetQL mar- promo code March30. Um, and I see they have, I think Gonzaga's Dan's team. I see they have Gonzaga's what m- minus what 14 or something. They have them over uh, over UC- UCLA, so they're. Uh, Possibly going to a historic uh, undefeated season all the way to the title. Yeah, that, it's been really exciting too. You know, they I think they've won, they said there was one win during their thirty and zero run too that has been uh, less than ten points. Uh, yeah, it's which wild. Is just freaking crazy too. Yeah, this isn't a basketball podcast, but you can get me no. talking about Gonzaga for a little bit if you want. <laughs> there you go. There uh, we won't. We we need content, but no, I I've, I've for. I, College basketball used to be like basically the number one sport for me, and for some reason it stopped being that a few years ago, and I know basically nothing now. So <laughs> I uh, I used to like Gonzaga, but that um, and they always have Canadians on the team, so that's a reason to like them, and they they do again this year also. But um, maybe, maybe I'll watch the final four. We'll see. Um, I'm too busy with this darn people fighting each other in the cage. Um, and Dan mentioned actually the next the other big news story for us to hit on. Um, Darren Till was the first one getting injured. Um, the man known as Nate Diaz, or if you're Ariel Hawani, you call him Nathan Diaz. I think Ariel's the only one who actually calls him Nathan. Um, he uh, he insists on saying he's Nathan Diaz. So he will be making his return. Um, and it's actually, he'll be at UFC 262, which is um, the big super spreader event. They'll be hosting in uh, Texas <laughs> next month um, where they have to sell out the stadium, everyone, get everybody sick. Um 
he will be the co-main event there against uh, Leon Edwards. Uh, however, it is the first time in history that a non-title co-main event will be a five-round fight. Um, first of all, your thoughts on it being five rounds. So the reason you think they're doing this is what, just to beef up, beef up the card more? I, I think the reason they're doing it is because it would all that would lure Nate Diaz into that fight. Because um, I, I think, honestly, to be completely honest with you, the way that they booked this fight which seemed like it came out of left field, is they promised the winner a title shot. Um, and and to, to go with that, they were like, well, we'll make it five rounds. And, and as far as how I feel about five-round non-title fights, I actually like this as a non-headliner, non-title fight five rounds because it, it is like a number one contender fight. And, and if you were a, a fan of MMA 10 to 15 years ago, they used to have stated number one contender fights, right? And for the longest time, a lot of us fans were like, why isn't this five rounds? Because we were thinking the winner has got to fight five rounds. So why not find out who the better fighter is in five rounds? The UFC countered that by being like, okay, well, all the main events can be five rounds. And they started putting number one contender looking fights as headliners of fight night cards. And that sort of solved some of the problem, but it didn't solve the problem if you did want to stack a pay-per-view like they're doing right now. So I think that this is the natural next step. Like, okay, you tried to cover it by just doing that. It didn't really work to the full extent you wanted it to. And now you got some situations where they could really use a five-round co-main event that's not a title fight. And, uh, hey, if it gets Nate Diaz, you know, finally back into the cage to fight Leon Edwards, who's a guy who I never would have thought would demand a Nate Diaz fight. But uh, here we are. Uh, if, if that's what did it, I'm all about it. Yeah, strange, strange chance for sure. Um, and this is also great for us people who have to cover these events. They're going to be even longer now. That's, uh, that's, that's good to hear. Um, have you seen the line for this fight, or am I going to quiz you on it? I, I have not seen the line for this okay. fight. And let me tell you something. I'm intrigued, because how the hell do you line a guy? Well, let's see. How, how how long has it been since we've seen Nate Diaz fight? You uh, fought for the BMF title in, like... Yeah, let me... Yeah, I'll, I'll break down his resume. Um... He lost to Jorge Masvidal for that fake belt um, that Rocky Maivia handed out at UFC 244, uh, New York City, November 2nd, 2019. Lost that fight. He beat Anthony Pettis August 2019. Lost to Conor McGregor August of 2016. Beat Conor McGregor March of 2016. So basically, in the past five years, he has one win over Anthony Pettis. Yeah, which is not the best sounding thing you've ever no. heard yeah and it's been you know two almost two years since he had that win too it's really hard to imagine am i guessing now are we, are we officially I mean, it, or we, we can still talk we can still talk about it if you want um we I can mean, go I'm, on to it i think i'm trying to talk myself into figuring this out but yeah. i think i'm also talking myself farther away from the things that actually matter because here's the thing i'm right how the hell do you line a guy who's been away for two years and only has a win over Anthony Pettis? Yeah. Uh, how do you line him against a guy who's also been away for a really long time but looked dominant when he did? And, you know, by all accounts, Leon Edwards is a far better fighter right now. He's ranked higher. He's always been ranked higher. He's on a better run. He's fought, you know, maybe better competition in that time too, you know, with the exception of the Masvidal loss. And... I still think Nate Diaz is probably going to come in damn near close to even money because those books know people are going to load up on the Diaz bets and mess with the lines so much and they don't want to yep. be hung out on Diaz. So I'm actually going to say that. I'm just going to say this is a pick 'em. 
Uh, no, it's not a pick 'em. Surprisingly, it's not. Uh, it opened. Let me see. Nathan Nate Diaz opened at plus two twenty. Uh, he's now in anywhere from plus two forty five to plus three forty eight, depending on what book you're looking at. Oh, so people are betting on Leon Edwards? Get out of here! Apparently, Good for people. Like, yeah. I assumed I assumed that line would be the trajectory would be the opposite way. I'm glad to hear that. Although I'm not glad from a betting perspective, because like if it was even money, like just load up Leon Edwards. But apparently more than just me thought that. Um, and, I, and I'm not saying all gamblers out there are morons, but I'm also saying that if you're listening to this, you have a leg up on the average MMA gambler. Um, and, and I don't just mean that because we give phenomenal advice each and every week and we're on heaters and whatnot, but I also just mean that like the average MMA fan is like, Ooh, Nate Diaz plus number. I've heard of him, uh, and lays down money. Uh, and I can tell you that because I have friends who are those people. Um, but I'm surprised to see him that high. So, uh, you know, I guess that's probably where I would feel still comfortable betting Leon Edwards though. Right. Like negative two fifty ish. Yeah. So you basically, if, this is the time probably um, – no, actually, no. What am I saying? Uh, if you want to get in on Leon Edwards, which I think we're both um, – when we do actual picks for this fight in a few months, I think that's where we're both probably going to tell you to do. Um, wait to the last minute more than likely because wait wait till the casuals realize that Nate Diaz is fighting and you're going to get a better line. Yeah, I think so too. But, uh, you know, the early movement being in the opposite right. direction could just be like the fact that, you know, like Sharps and, and people who do good research and, and you can see a bunch of those guys on Twitter jumping all over lines the minute they're posted. Those guys are, are not the casual fans and are not the bulk. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think once the bulk public gets word Nate Diaz is coming back, we're a couple of weeks away, you're going to see bets rolling in on him. And as a result, you'll wind up seeing that number creep a little bit further down and, and, you know, make it look a lot juicier for, for Leon Edwards. Yeah, exactly. And the Diaz brothers probably are, I'm thinking they're probably the only fighters in the sport who not as much Nate, uh, but, but Nick mostly they, the reputation is built on losses. It's not built on wins. Um, it's built on them fighting the top guys and losing. If you, especially if you check out Nick uh, Diaz's resume, it's very hard to, to find a, super impressive win i'm uh, sure that there's a few but more often than not it's losses to, to the big names uh nate diaz not not so much he did beat mcgregor that was that was short notice uh he beat anthony pettis but anthony pettis more than likely if you ask me he, he's on the downswing um but yeah basically anytime he's fought a top guy he has he has lost but but it's you know uh their whole uh, persona and, and the way they fight. Um, but that does not matter to people who want to make money off of this. Um, the only thing that matters is wins and losses. So um, take that into account. Uh, th- these, the Diaz brothers are big stars, not due to wins, uh, mostly due to, you know, their antics and, and their opponents that they've lost to. Yeah. And I think it, it comes to partially from, you know, you mentioned the antics, some of that antics being, just no matter how that fight went, acting like you won it afterwards. Right. right? Like, you know, yeah. I, I know people are going to tell me that, that Nate beat Connor the second time. I've watched that fight more than once. Connor wins three rounds pretty handedly. That's uh, all it my, takes. In my opinion. And, and that's all it takes. But you're right. Connor didn't, uh, you know, make a funny face in the fourth round or, you know, Connor didn't put his hands behind his back or, you know, like, or maybe he did because sometimes he does that shit too. But uh, <laughs> you know, yep. yeah, maybe I, maybe I better watch my what I say here. But you know, like 
I don't think Diaz won that fight, but you know, him acting like he did just gives his fans a reason to like rally behind. I mean, like you're seeing it a little bit now with Sean O'Malley. It, it's kind of the same thing. And while, you know, I feel like a lot of people soured on Sean O'Malley in this shtick, the people who are his fans just rally behind it harder. You know what I mean? Like, so ultimately I, I think you'll see casual fans skew the lines uh, towards Diaz because you're right. Even in losses, they find a way to make it look like they won. Yeah, everything you're saying is reminding me of a certain um, politics in a certain country, but that's probably another uh, for another podcast. Um, but yeah, everything you said is exactly it reminds me of something else. Um, yeah, look at MMA, MMA decisions. One person picked Diaz. Everybody else picked uh, McGregor. A few people picked it a draw. So yeah, he, he didn't win that fight. But yeah, act like uh, fake it until you make it. Um, so that is the Diaz way. And like we said, uh, betting advice, um, you can actually make money off of this. Because like I said, their their uh, reputation is not based on wins. So uh, you can make some money. And we're suggesting hold tight on the site until you get right up to the end. And hopefully, more than likely, I, I can almost guarantee the line is the line is going to get more favorable for Leon Edwards the closer you get to the fight. And as more casual sports fans realize that uh, Nate Diaz is fighting in a big stadium in, in Texas, and you know once the uh, hype videos and ads start rolling out, then you can make some money off of that. Um, you also make some money over at our friends at Odds Crowd. Hopefully you entered their uh, March Madness contest for your chance to win $8,000. They also have plenty of free contests, including a $5 weekly contest and a $2,000 season-long MLB contest. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app built just for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors. Track your bets, set up private betting contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. We're also brought to you by pickswise.com. Helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatic wise guys, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction on every game, every day, in every sport, all for free. Pixwise presents the Capper Contest to follow with the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadu, and six other experts all competing for a $10,000 winner-takes-all prize. Follow the action for their free picks and analysis every day of the big dance by visiting pixwise.com slash march-madness. Pixwise.com slash march-madness. All right, so um, that Diaz fight, because like, that's UFC 262, so that's a little ways down the road. We do have some other big title fights coming up in the meantime. I think we'll play our favorite game, Quiz Dan, and see what he thinks of the the lines are and if he thinks the lines are correct or if there is a um, a miscalculation by the bookies. And Dan may be smarter than them, and you guys can make some money. Um, so next month, uh, actually, th- what, yeah, uh, almost a month, a little over three weeks, uh, UFC 261, uh, the first super spreader event uh, of the UFC's uh, 2021 tenure. It will be going down in – the lovely um, state known as Florida, uh, April 24th, headlined by Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal, part two. We didn't even know we wanted part one, and now we're getting part two. Um, so it's a rematch. Uh, so Masvidal has a full fight camp to get ready to get beat five rounds to none again, right? Get foot stomped for 25 minutes and just grind it out to a boring decision where he looks less than not competitive. <laughs> exactly. All right. Do you know the line on this, or do you want to take a stab? The last, the first time they fought UFC 251 last July, it opened uh, Usman minus 260, Masvidal plus 200. It closed. Masvidal was 
between plus 190, plus 245. Usman was minus 290 to 233. So really, the line didn't swing a heck of a lot um, like we expect with with bigger names. Maybe Masvidal wasn't a massive, massive name by that point. Um, so what do you think the line this time opened up? Or so, do you know already? I don't know. I don't know already. I don't know for any of the title fights on this card. I haven't looked that far ahead, but I would say, I say Usman's got to be negative three fifty to negative four hundred. Like he he should be yep. a much larger favorite. Yep, you're right in there. He was uh, open at minus three hundred, and right now it's between minus three seventy minus four fifty. So, uh, the comeback on Masvidal plus two fifty um, was what it opened at. <laughs> yeah, it opened at that, and now it's at plus two sixty five to plus three twenty five. So it's and actually it's, gone the other way. So. And still not enticing. <laughs> no. Now, where um, is Usman's number enticing, or do you want to hold tight until the event and hope that? the number drops I mean, or do you just want to avoid it all together? It, it's enticing as much as a negative 400 line can be enticing, right? Like I, I don't yeah. love numbers where, you know, I'm going to, if you're going to drop a hundred dollars, you know, a negative 400 line is going to pay you, you know, 25 bucks back. You know, you, you, there's nothing really much to love about that. So I, I'm not jumping all over it. I mean, I might look for prop lines for, Maybe Usman to finish this time. It wouldn't be surprising right. if he got a TKO by ground and pound or something like that. So, you know, I, I'm not necessarily expecting a submission. That's not really his style. I mean, he's got him, but it's not really his style. So, you know, I might look for something like that. But as far as, um, you know, a, a straight that I don't think there's a whole lot of fun action in, in this fight at all. All right. Either... Um... Uh, the odds maker or in the cage there won't be probably too much fun action <laughs> at all to be had um it, you know it's a big fight with with big names but it probably isn't the most ex- won't be the most exciting fight yeah. um there probably, are two other probably uh, shouldn't be a big fight like it, it like yeah i get no, i get that he sells well but like in in my opinion anything with usman should be a big fight it's just like the least competitive fight they could find yep very true um now, uh, luckily, there is two other title fights on the card. Um, one of them probably will be competitive. The other one, maybe. Um, no guarantee there. Um, now, this one originally was the co-main event. I think it may have been dropped to third on the card now, but it's for the women's flyweight belt, Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade. Andrade was the strawweight champion. Um, she moved up to flyweight. She was she started off at bantamweight, right? Way yeah, she was bantamweight right? for a little bit. Yeah. I think until they added strawweight. Yeah, she she went from bantamweight to strawweight. So she she skipped the flyweight because flyweight was the last class to be. Well, actually, you know, was flyweight introduced before strawweight? No, or no, no, strawweight first was, and then flyweight. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So, so basically, she's been maybe flyweight is is the right class for her because she was bouncing all around it. And now they finally have it, and she's in it. So, anyhow, um, talking in circles. This is the um, Shevchenko has just been untouchable at basically in any weight class other uh, other than fighting against Amanda Nunes, she's been untouchable. Where are you thinking? But people are thinking, you know, Andrade is a hard hitter and, you know, she's tough and she's a former champ. So she may have, this may be Shevchenko's toughest battle. First of all, do you think that is a, a fair statement that Andrade could or is the toughest challenge that Shevchenko's face as a champion? Yeah, I, I 100% do. And, and I think she, right. she poses a lot of interesting challenges too you know we just saw shevchenko get taken down and controlled for a round by jennifer maya who i i don't think is as good of a grappler or you know one eighth as powerful as just gandraj so 
you know, like that obviously already creates a path to victory, which is, you know, something we, we haven't really been able to draw for any of Valentina Shevchenko's opponents yet. So that, that already gives her a leg up. As far as the odds go, I will say the odds probably are, are going to give Andraj some credit being a former champ. Negative 270? No, it opened minus 335 for wow. Shevchenko. Plus 275 in the comeback, and then it's moved even worse uh, if you want to bet on Shevchenko. She's anywhere from like minus 361 to minus 425 now, which is pretty big. Um, Andrade will be plus 280 to plus 319. So is there value in Andrade, or is, you know, we don't really expect her to win, so don't waste your money? There, there's 100% value on Andrade. Yeah. Like, if, if you're looking for somebody, I mean, with KO power, which, I mean, like how yeah. many people has Valentina Shevchenko fought? that has like legitimate KO power, right? Like, uh, you know, there, there's not many out there. And in addition to that, the ability to, to wrestle her, to out muscle her, you know, like there's a lot of things in there to like about Andrade. I, I would say if she stays around plus 300, there's for sure value in that line. And she was a dog when she beat Rose Nemo Yunus. So not as big a dog around plus 200 was the, was the highest she got to, but or plus 206. So she was a dog. She's used to fighting as a underdog in championship fights. So, um, so that, that should be an interesting fight. And there's another women's title up on the line, women's strawweight championship. Um, I think this one got elevated to co-main events is I think is what I heard. Um, but I think these things are kind of fluid at this point. It probably makes sense to make this co-main event. Uh, they usually do it by based on weight class, but this is some, I think a fight that, has more star power and more people are interested in it. So uh, according to Wikipedia, which is never wrong, this is the co-main event. And that would be a women's throwaway championship. Uh, Weili Zhang or Zhang Weili um, against former champ Rose Namajunas. Uh, catch here being that uh, Namajunas did not lose the belt to Zhang. Um, Zhang beats the aforementioned, uh, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, Andrade beat Rose and then uh, Zhang beat Andrade is, is how the belt went. So this is a very intriguing matchup. Um, harder, much harder one to to pick than than the other ones. Um, than the other title fights on this card um, is what I'm saying. Um, checking when Rose has been gone for a while. Um, has she not? Yeah, she beat Andrade uh, last July. So no, I guess it hasn't been that it hasn't been super long. Uh, a little less than a year. Um, and Zhang has been she's been out for a little while too. This. Uh, Pandemic is not fun, especially if you're a, a fighter fighting overseas and trying to trying to get over here. She's been out for it's going to be over a year. It's already has been over a year. She won the uh, won the title August of 2019, defended it against uh, Joanna, former champion, March of last year, and she hasn't fought since. So uh, I'm talking in circles again. I'm um, giving Dan some time to, to gather his thoughts and give us a uh, accurate line. You've been off so far tonight. Usually you're pretty dead on with these things let's see if you can nail this one. Oh, I, w- I was on with usman was i not whatever was I, I was pretty close yeah, whatever. i'm one to two maybe i'm one to two we're, we're the mediocre boys and we need to exactly you know, no that. former former mediocre boys yeah, yeah yeah so um so i need to do above not average. mediocre any longer i need to do above we average here and get, get on a tear for a month now guys i gotta get two out of three here so I'm, I'm gonna say uh weili zhang at negative I'm going to say negative 200 because I think the respect hey, would be there on Dan, Dan's cheating because he got it right. But yes, no. Minus 200 uh, plus 170 was the 
open and it hasn't really changed much. Uh, Zhang is around anywhere from minus 172 to minus 200 and Rose is anywhere from minus one, uh, sorry, plus 146 to plus 162. So a little, uh, it, um, Rose has crept a little bit closer to, uh, to even money there. Um, quick thoughts on this fight. Do you like either side odds wise? I am just perplexed on how to even start breaking down this fight because I think it's weird for me because they just have fought very different types of fighters. You know, like, um, you know, you, you look at Rose Namajunas, she fought, you know, they both fought Ioanni on Jacek, who, who's, I, I like to think of Ioanni on Jacek as a volume puncher, you know, not tons yep, of power, but, but she throws, you know, tons of volume. And they both approached it differently, right? Like, Wei Li Zhang met that volume. Uh, Rose Namajunas became elusive, uh, which is interesting. Then they both fought Jessica Andrade, but again, they, they both fought her very differently, right? Like, R- Rose in the tie-ups was, like, cool with the tie-ups and, and, like, was playing around with submissions and stuff like that. Wei Li Zhang just, like, as soon as she was in the tie-up, just threw, like, 13 knees and 100 punches and, like, so we, we've seen very different approaches, and none of the approaches that, like, really match what the other one is going to set out to do, right? Because I could see Wei Li Zhang in here, if she's tempted into a firefight, I like her, and I think her power holds up. I just don't think Rose is going to tempt her with that. So then the question is, can she hang out on the outside and outpoint Rose and look for her opportunities there? I mean, I feel like we saw her do that earlier in her career, but definitely not in, against anybody even close to Rose's skill level. So, you know, I, I've been thinking about this fight pretty much since they announced it or pretty much since they started rumoring it. And, you know, I can't really make odds and ends about where I see it going, but it's going to be one that I think after watching four or five minutes of the fight, you will understand the dynamic of it and you will be able to pick a winner. But it's going to be hard to pick before you see any semblance of the fight. Yeah, we we have we have about a month to uh, hopefully get our heads around this and get you give you guys another winning winning pick for it because that's what we do here. Um, we make money, we win fights, uh, pick winners for fights. As I rearrange the room here, um, plus uh, the champ. It's you don't get to say this very often, but UFC champs is we really don't fully know a lot about her at, still at this point. She's only fought five times and in the UFC um, and what all the rest of her fights before that time was in uh, Asian promotions. So she still is a little bit of an unknown. She became champion after her fourth fight and then she fought Joanna in her fifth fight. And uh, that was over a year ago. So she still is, like I said, uh, she's a bit of an unknown and could still be, you know, growing, uh, growing as a fighter. Yeah. And, and I think too, the, the you, you know, you mentioned we, we've only seen her fight five times couple of those fights didn't really tell us much either right? like the Jess Aguilar fight I mean like I, I didn't learn much from that and on top of that it's against Jess Aguilar and like you know Tisha Torres during her like big losing skid like doesn't tell me much and I mean she beat Jessica Andrade in like what was it like 35 seconds or something like that so you know like, th- those wins don't really tell me all that much the Ioannion Jacek fight obviously that one's very telling but again you know, that, that's a very different style matchup. So even though we learned a little bit about her there, you're right. There's still a lot we don't know. Yeah. And uh, also in this card, um, the Weidman-Hall fight. So, uh, you know, uh, what Dan's saying makes a lot of sense. Moving probably Weidman over um, over to the card in, what, a week and a half would make a lot of sense. Because this card with three title fights is not, and with 
Jorge Masvidal on it does not need um, Chris Weidman on on the fight card. Uh, he, he's not much of a needle mover as it is, so but but he's big enough in that you can put him on ABC, um, and it would it would make sense. Um, it would maybe bring in some some casual viewers. Um, if you want to actually not be a casual viewer, you should be a hardcore viewer over at Better Than Dot Vegas because Better Than Dot Vegas is like YouTube but for what hashtag the gens only care about, which is sports betting. So that's definitely why you need to uh, be a hardcore user of that site. Um, and the main reason is as Sports Gambling Podcast people, us, are giving out free daily picks over on our Better Than Vegas profile page. Better Than Vegas is always running a ton of free contests as well. They got a ton of free picks and handicappers to check out. Make sure you subscribe to our profile so you don't miss a pick. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash BTB. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash BTB. And I'm checking the schedule, and we will have a bunch of videos up on the weekend for March Madness for you for the Final Four. So make sure you get in on it there. And while you're on the site, may as well give Top Turtle uh, Podcast a, a follow, too. Um, Dan is Dan is easy on the eyes, and his uh, his co-host uses props like Carrot Top, and he uh, he wears a luchador mask. So what more do you want, really? Um, so that's uh, Better Than Vegas. And then our final, last but not least sponsor, Better Edge. Better Edge allows you to buy and sell betting positions like a stock market. Since you're buying positions from other sports bettors, there's no house. They're legal in more than 40 states. Post the plays you like and have someone at the Better Edge marketplace take the other side. They have a ton of other fun against the spread picking contests as well. Sign up today at betteredge.com and use promo code SGP for a free $10 play. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com, promo code SGP. All right, all the ad reads are done. Podcast over. Bye. Actually, no. Let's talk a little bit more. We don't want you to – don't want to look like we're just here to shell. We're here to um, entertain also, of course. Uh, Let me see. Let's talk about – we were talking about UFC 262 – Already about Mr. Diaz and Edwards. The main event of that will be for the uh, Dana White's finally admitted it's vacated. It's been vacant for in everyone's eyes except his. It's been vacant for months and months and months. But he's finally admitted that um, that Habib is no longer the champ. So we have Charles uh, Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. Do you know the line for this, or you want to take a guess? I could take a guess at this. Again, I, I don't usually get lines until I'm a couple of weeks out because I don't like to – I mean, as long as we're being honest, with the, the level of cancellations you get yeah. to and the, the you know sports books uh, purchase to yeah. not necessarily refund you immediately. Uh, I don't like having a whole bunch of <laughs> money tied up in fights that probably won't happen. So uh, I, I don't usually look at lines until we're like a week or a week and a half out. I would say for this one – just based on Oliveira's win streak, the fact that he just dominated Tony Ferguson, which looks better than beating uh, Dan Hooker by knockout, uh, I'm going to say he comes in as a favorite, but ever so slightly, like negative 120 or maybe even slightly less than that. Dan is wrong again. Lucky he's not picking fights this week, guys. Um, he's getting out of his system. Don't worry. Um, it's actually getting closer to what you're you're expecting. It opened that... Um, Bronx, Mr. Uh, Chucky, is at minus open at minus 178. Uh, it's since moved to minus 20, 125, minus 150, so getting a little closer, but he's still a pretty solid favorite. Uh, Chandler started at plus 146. Uh, you can get him for even money, plus 100 up to plus 125 at this point. So I was pretty close to the lower edge. You you said it, it's gotten down in some places to negative 125. I'm, I said negative 120. Yeah, close. I, I, think, <laughs> I think five points right, is a, a decent leeway there. 
Yeah, it's true. It's true. So, so thoughts on this? Want to wait and see? Um, I, I'm not quite sure how I feel about this fight yet. Um, you know, I, I my my big question here is what is Michael Chandler's wrestling defense look like? Um, you know, I, I I've been impressed by his wrestling offense. I I know that that exists out there. I've seen him in Bellator using it, but. Man, if you just go back and look at the people he's fought and you ask yourself, which of these guys would you expect to take him down? You know, shrug your shoulders and be like, I don't know that he's just untested in that regards. And, you know, there are plenty of fighters out there in the UFC and otherwise who have phenomenal wrestling and their wrestling defense is just hot garbage. Like that, that is a trait that exists separate from wrestling offense. Like, you know, like, just because you're a good grappler to take somebody down and work on top doesn't mean you can do the opposite. And, you know, it, it's just, again, such a hard fight when, when there are those kinds of unknowns out there. I do like Chandler probably better on the feet. So if he can stop those takedowns, you know, like there's a good chance he does win this fight. But, you know, I thought Tony Ferguson was going to outgrapple Charles Oliveira too, or at least counter it and, and beat him on the feet. And, man, did, did Oliveira make me look stupid on that one. Yep. So um, that is UFC, what, 262. Um, one other, um, we'll do one more here. Uh, we have UFC 263's main event, or at least the title fight's been announced. Maybe maybe it won't be main event. Maybe they'll, they'll pack this one up with, with fights too. Uh, that would be June's pay-per-view, June 12th, UFC 263. Rematch for the flyweight title, Brandon Moreno, Divisin Figueredo. Um, last time, it was a draw um in a very exciting fight uh the lines last time it uh opened figueredo opened at minus 275 he closed uh, much higher around minus anywhere from minus 311 to minus 445 and moreno plus 235 he opened that and he uh dropped you know, he got even bigger of a dog plus 250 to plus 305 so uh what do you think it opened at this time and or actually don't worry about the opening where do you think it's at at this point I'm going to say Figueredo a little bit lower than he was last time, just because I think originally people thought he was just going to steamroll Moreno. And even though he won that fight clearly, which is going to leave him as a favorite, um, you know, with the exception of what did he get a point taken for? I can't remember what he got a point taken for fence grab or dick kick yeah, or something it was like cool. that. Um, yeah. Something bad, but whatever he got, got a point taken away for it. It's literally the only reason he didn't win that fight. So I'm going to still say negative 200 to negative 225 somewhere in there uh minus 275 you open that and now it's yeah it's minus 235 to minus 265 okay and uh moreno plus plus 215 open and he's at plus 175 to plus 225 at this point so um that is that um where did he he had a point taken away yeah low blow so um was what caused the uh the issue the first time see how there's so many fights Every week, except this week, that you know, they just usually w- with me that they, they turn they turn into a big mush that I forget about. And actually, it happened to Dan here too. Usually, Dan remembers everything. So <laughs> good, good to see. I, I apparently forget groin strikes, which I guess if I'm going to forget anything, right? <laughs> like groin strikes. Yep, yep. All right, well, let's get you guessing one more thing, then we'll uh, we'll call it a day because we have another podcast coming up uh, on next week Monday that we will uh, we'll do some more future speculative stuff. Um, Let's talk about Francis Ngannou's next opponent odds. I got an email. They aren't a sponsor, so they will not get a plug here. Um, but I, I, I got an email with with some uh, 
futures for Francis Ngannou and who his next opponent will be. Uh, who do you think is the is the favorite to be his next opponent? I'm going to say despite the fact that we've seen all the crap working out in the public, I still think the correct answer is John Jones. I, I still think it's the fight that people are going to say is going to get made. Yes, that is Yep, John Jones minus 175 is the uh, is the favorite to get the fight. Who do you think? There's two people tied for next at plus 300. Two people tied for next? Yeah. That's shocking to me because I'm going to say yep. Derek Lewis is is yep. two. Yep. Don't tell me steep a rematch. It is steep oh, a rematch on. plus 300. <laughs> but, hey, it's not saying it's going to happen, but that's uh, that's on there. Let me tell you then something. Got, Do not <laughs> take whatever that line is. I don't care what the number is. Plus 300. Is. Yeah, yeah that's, it's not worth it. If you're going to bet anything but John Jones, you bet Derek Lewis. Exactly. Uh, Derek Lewis says he will take the fight for eight million. Well, John, John Jones says eight to ten million is not enough. So, uh, Derek Lewis is is in the running in my books. Uh, that's all it's going to take. Um, Alexander Volkov plus seven hundred. Cyril Gon uh, plus twelve hundred are the other two names on the list for next opponent for. Um, and Gano have. I don't think the line was po- was the line posted for Jones and Gano when we recorded last. I don't. Was yeah. did we talk about it last podcast? It, it already was. I I know that it was posted uh, right after that fight. Um, it was actually posted before the fight and after it. Cause yeah, I remember talking about it. Me now. and Shockwave yeah, Dave, yeah. I think, talked about it a little bit. Because um, that one, Francis wound up uh, going from being a substantial underdog before his fight. And then after winning it, was like a substantial favorite, too. Uh, to the point where it was like almost... I think almost a 200 in negative 200 for, for Francis when I saw it. So um, I won't lodge an official guess here because uh, this one's sort of cheating a little bit, but he's a pretty big favorite in this. Speaking of cheating, you hear how casually Dan throws out the name of his other partner on, on this podcast. <laughs> it hurts, man. Uh, yeah. Jones, it was plus, uh, he was at plus 110. He's now at plus 140, plus 170. Uh, and Ganu minus 137 is gone way up to minus 175 to minus 227 so money is coming in on francis and ganu and yeah that this is i guess the Derek lewis fight could happen um that would be the only the other logical semi-logical uh fight involved have have mentioned that now they, now they want to do it so yeah i think it just pretty much boils down to like how mad at john jones they are like if they're super mad at john jones then yes uh that fight might go away uh, but uh, that I mean that's a huge money fight. Like it's a, a massive fight, both for Naganu's legacy and you know just in, in dollars and cents. Uh, and I think Lewis plus three hundred uh, is actually might be worth uh, a little splash of money if people want to get in on that. It, it could. It's not saying that the Jones fight isn't going to happen, but it may not necessarily happen next. The, the bet is what fight will happen next. Um, uh, you know, if if the Jones thing's dragging, and they. They want to get a another big fight. Um, looks like they got they got well yeah. Um, Figueroa's fight may not be a main event, so they've got the next couple months set with with main events. But you know, as the summer goes on, they they don't have anything in stone yet. So um, yeah, it, plus three hundred Lewis may, may be worth uh, maybe worth the bet there. All right and. That's that's what Dan's here for, um, to agree with me, and, and he does a good job at it. So 
Um, so how's that? Well, we still gave you like an hour of entertainment despite having no stinking UFC this week. Um, but that just means we'll have more time to, you know, eat our, eat our chocolate eggs and jelly beans this weekend when the Easter Bunny comes. So that, that's fine with me. Um, until that time, until we speak to you again, which will be um, usually drops Monday morning. Um, I think next podcast, a listener of ours suggested we do a, a Ten Commandments style, which is maybe fitting since Easter weekend, a Ten Commandments style podcast on on how to bet on mma so we're we're that's a good idea and we're brainstorming some ideas i've got a whole bunch of you know stats that i i rely on and stuff um probably don't rely on them enough maybe i should start uh, relying on them more maybe i can pick uh, pick more winners that way but um we, we got some ideas going uh, for that so it will not it will be worth a listen next podcast it's uh, it'll be a good study session for uh, for everyone before we actually have real live uh, ufc fights to bet on again um and hopefully we will have a main event uh, we may even have a main event to speak of uh by that time um in the meantime, make sure you check out all the stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and at mma-manifesto.com. Um, listen to Dan's podcast, uh, Top Turtle MMA, and I guess Prelim Picker will be off this week, right? They are, no in fact, pre- off, yes. There's no prelims to pick, so Dan is neglecting that family for this week, but it, uh, he'll be back uh, when there's prelims again, which will be next week. So, um, And you can check us out on Twitter, and that's basically where um, – a listener suggested the commandment thing. So if you have ideas, um, save us doing work and give us an, a good idea for a podcast uh, episode or a question or something you want to have answered, you can uh, hit us up at Jeff Fox Writer or Gumby Vreeland on Twitter. Um, and I think that would be it. So until next time, I shall say let it ride. <laughs>